This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 260 of Horse Tip Daily, a different horse tip, a different equine topic, a different equestrian expert every day. Horse Tip Daily brings the world of equine knowledge to you one day at a time. Today's tip is sponsored by Equestrian Collections. Visit them at equestriancollections.com. Enjoy today's tip. Howdy, everybody. Glenn the Geek back with you from Lexington, Kentucky, horse capital of the world, and you're listening to Horse Tip Daily. Well, today we have a new expert on with us. Uh, We met her originally on the Tack and Habit radio show. Her name is Linda Houck, and she is the owner of Tapestry Equine Services in Canada and has been passionate about eventing and thoroughbreds for as long as she has ridden. In 1983, Linda was a member of the Junior Ontario three-day event team, and in 1984, she achieved her A-level pony club. In 1987, Linda was sponsored as a top junior to train in Virginia with Torrance Watkins, who was fourth at the Los Angeles Olympics. Over the years, Linda has successfully trained and competed more than 100 horses, This has given her a wealth of experience and knowledge to draw from. She has trained horses with such world-renowned riders as Mark Todd, Lucinda Green, Torrance Watkins, Albert Vaughn, John McPherson, and Peter Gray out of Canada. And, you know, we had her on because uh, she actually brought out a new product called the Spur Suader. It was a new kind of spur, and we were fascinated by it. So we had her on the Tack and Habit radio show. And then we got tr- chatting, and I discovered what a wealth of knowledge and background she had. And I asked her to come over here to Horse Tip Daily and to do a couple of tips. And, you know, one of the other things she's also done is uh, thir- she's been a thoroughbred trainer. And she had many winners, including stakes winner My Imperial Gem. And we're going to be back with with Linda Houck from Canada in just a moment. Glenn the Geek here. I was involved in equestrian retail for a long time, and I know one of the problems that we always had and always the complaints that we always had was from men saying there's just not enough men's options in clothing and riding boots and gloves and jackets and, and pretty much anything is was always geared, especially in the eventing world, to women's. Well, now you can find a selection. You can find a huge selection of men's items at equestriancollections.com. They have show and casual apparel, riding boots, thermal gear, gloves and jackets. They basically can cover you from head to toe. So if you're a guy out there and have always had that problem where you can't find products you want, check out equestriancollections.com. They have a ton of different brands. They have a ton of different styles you're going to like what you find at equestriancollections.com and now you can get ten dollars off your next order of 120 dollars or more just by using the coupon code horse radio when you check out just put horse radio in the coupon code all one word horse radio and you'll get ten dollars off your next order of 120 dollars or more so find all of your men's products all the things you need guys at equestriancollections.com well hi linda and welcome to horse tip daily Hey, good afternoon, Glenn. Looking forward to being here. Yeah, we're well welcome as our newest expert here on Horse Tip Daily. We have a lot of experts now, and you're in pretty good company. We have some uh, neat people who have done tips here on the show, and we're so glad that you could join us. Now, tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, and and, uh, where you're at. Well, I've been involved in the equine industry now for just over 30 years. Um, 30 years? 30 years. Wow. You got me beat. <laughs> I don't know where all this time's gone by. I but, know, uh, and what they say about time going faster the older you get is absolutely true. <laughs> oh, 
Oh, you're absolutely right there, Glenn. <laughs> so I started with the school horse thing and um, did my, my A-level in Pony Club. I My passion was for eventing very early on. I was fortunate enough to be on the junior team back in 1983. I had some lovely horses that I used to compete for, for owners, uh, which got me up to the advanced level in eventing. Were you a Pony Club? Yeah, I had my A-level in Pony Club. Oh, really? Wow. And you, you were in the Canadian Pony Club or United States? Canadian. Canadian, okay. And uh, I also have my level two coaching, so I do a lot of coaching from the amateur riders right up to uh, the international and training as well. I get on most of my clients' horses and and help them work through things and, and teach the youngsters. I'm also a level two technical delegate for the sport of eventing, so I typically what does do that about mean five for, What's that mean for people who don't know what that means? Well, your technical delegate is the official responsible for going out typically a month to a couple of weeks before the actual horse show, and we have to inspect the entire facility. That will include the parking, the stabling, all the show rings. We have to measure every cross-country jump. We have to make sure it's within spec, it's designed correctly, the course should flow, how safe is it. And then on the actual day of competition, we are there to make sure it runs according to rules. If anyone has any queries, questions, protests, they typically come to the technical delegate before, and and we try and and come to a resolution on it. You're in charge of briefing the jump judges before the cross-country starts. Um, It's quite a detailed and involved uh, job. You're really, you're really the, the and, and I've seen tons of technical delegates, especially at events, you're really the go-to person and the, the person that really truly is in charge of making sure it goes right and safely. Yeah, absolutely. No, we, we, we're, we keep a pulse on, on all the, all the uh, different rings that are going. Uh, our priorities will then switch to the cross-country once we have horses on course. And really keeping the show on time is probably one of our biggest jobs. Yeah, that's that, that's a lot of responsibility being the technical delegate on a show that has 400 riders in it, you know? Um, it, it, there's a lot of responsibility there. Well, great. So you're a coach, you're a teacher, uh, you also ride yourself, and an A graduate pony clubber. And for those that didn't go po- through pony club, that ain't easy, people. <laughs> that's, a, that's a tough designation. That would be like your master's degree. Um if you were going to college, it's it's tough. Yeah, and back when I got my A, I was 21 when I got it. It was a, we took three days to get it done. Yep, and that's right. My wife was too, and and there are very few. I think it's I heard this figure before. It's like six or seven percent of the people who go through Pony Club actually get their A. It's not a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You don't see, you don't hear of many people out there that that actually did achieve it. But I was quite fortunate to uh, have have a nice nice older horse that. Uh, was able to do everything that was required for the A. Well, great. All right. And where's your farm located and what's the name of it? Well, right now I'm in between farms. Uh, I travel and coach. Okay. So I go from barn to barn and, and facility to facility to help with uh, the horses and the riders. And where where, where, do, where, where do you here. do that? Uh, Southern Ontario. Okay. Up at Southern Ontario, Canada, because we have listeners all over the world. So... That's why we like to clarify that. All right, so what are we what are we going to help people with today? Well, one of the biggest things when I take on new clients and you know, you get to watch and 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 see see their riding style is 
you know, I try and keep things very simple and very succinct with horses and the riders. And one of the biggest things I tell people is, you know, we only teach our horses three things. We teach them to stop, and that can be the downward transition, that can be the half halt, that can be the collection. We teach them to go, which is to go forward, that can be extensions, it can be gallop. And we teach them to move over, and that really encompasses all of our lateral work. So in our riding, we really shouldn't be getting too technical and busy with what we're actually asking our horse to do. It really is just three simple things that we're teaching them. And, you know, I think that happens in life in general nowadays is we're all overcomplicating our lives. Um, and I know that you're right. I think until, until you get those basics down, you shouldn't overcomplicate it. Mm-hmm. So what do you do at what point? How do you determine when a person's ready to go to that next step? Well, when they, when they understand and can relate back to you what you are asking them to accomplish. So if I ask a rider, let's say we're at a, you know, a pretty novice rider and, you know, I need you to do that simple walk, trot, walk transition. And they can talk to me right back, talk me through what they would do and, and what they should be feeling. You know, then you can carry it up, you know, that next step. It's, it's pointless in your coaching uh, telling your students too much because they'll look at you with that blank stare and go, well, which one did you want me to do first? And, you know, there is, I don't know if you've ever heard the, uh, uh, all about the levels of learning, um, or, you know, you, you come, we used to teach this, I used to teach, uh, salespeople in the, uh, investment world and the first level of learning is awareness. And then the second level of learning is actually, um, the second level of, let me Second level learning is knowledge and understanding is really getting to know what you're doing and that your body gets to learn and, and that, that reflex comes into play at that point. And then only till the third level of learning is, is where you really learn how to apply that knowledge and really take that knowledge or that skill set to do an actual job. So Absolutely. it's the same way when you're teaching riding is, you know, they have, to, they have to learn the basics. Their bodies have to get used to being where they are and doing the very simple things before they can ask their bodies to, to apply that to a skill or a job, whether it be dressage or reining or, you know, whatever they're going to end up doing. Um, until it becomes unconscious, you know, then they, they're not going to be able to move up to that, to the upper levels of learning. Yeah. Uh, and I, a coach that I've used over, over the years, he, he summed it up once really well in that he had this really keen rider who was so keen on doing the one tempi changes, which you couldn't tell she was on the right lead or not. <laughs> there you go. You know, so they've got to understand what they're doing, what their horse is doing underneath them before you can keep progressing up the levels. Right. And another another big thing that I'm that I'm really that I stress with my riders is either we are training them or they're going to train us. So <laughs> whenever you're asking your horse to do something, depending on the reaction you're getting, you've got to you've got to really look at the situation and go, okay, well, did I ask correctly and didn't get the response, or is he trying to teach me what he wants? That's that right. takes experience. It takes a lot of time in the saddle before you can differentiate between the two. And, you know, that, that does is what makes riding one of the most difficult sports is with no other sport do you have, do you have another thinking, breathing creature that also ha- it, it has a, has a uh, desire to do something. 
Mm-hmm. Your skis don't really have a desire to do well. Sometimes it thinks you, you think they do, um, but you know they're not thinking and breathing, and they're not they they don't have their own opinion. So that's oh. what makes you know riding so unique. You know, one of the um, it's interesting, and and nobody's ever going to remember this, but I always. I always thought it was very interesting. The first level of learning, if you want to use the technical terms, is called unconscious incompetence. They're, they're not even conscious of how incompetent they are. They don't know what they don't know. Uh, and then you get to the point of conscious incompetence, which means that they're starting to understand what they don't know. And that's getting them to the point where they, they understand the things they don't know. And then conscious competence is where they start to understand and they start to get a little competent at it. And then the, the fourth level and the highest level is unconscious competence, which means they're doing, they're doing it competently without even thinking about it. Mm-hmm. So, it, it, yeah, it just goes through that, those uh, levels of learning. And it's true of anything we do in life is that way. When you first learn a new software program or when you, you, know, when, when you start uh, on the radio, uh, we had no idea what we were doing, you know, almost two years ago, and, and now we still don't. But we're probably at that level of conscious competence at this point. We we know what we don't know now. So <laughs> this is great. Well, thank you very much. Where can people learn about more about you? Well, I, I am available for the coaching and the training here in southern Ontario. Um, my passion has been the thoroughbreds. I've spent most of my riding and competition career with the thoroughbreds, and I buy and sell off the racetrack. So I tend to understand that breed and how they react and how they respond. Um, I've also designed and I've patented a brand new spur that's on the market. And I have to thank the thoroughbreds and the sensitive horses for the design. Over the years, I was really unhappy with how these animals were reacting to the traditional sharp edge spur and getting the overreaction and the anxiousness. And I thought there has to be a better way of asking without getting all this tension. And I designed this persuader. So people can have a look at that on the website, too. And that's at, isn't that at Spursuader.com? It is, yeah. yeah. And I also wanted to mention that uh, we, we had you on the Tack and Habit radio show. And I'm trying to figure out, do you remember what episode that was? Oh, it was episode eight. So yeah. if, if somebody wants to go to TackandHabit.com, we talked all about the Spursuader there on episode eight at TackandHabit.com. All right, well, thank you very much, Linda, and we'll have you back again soon. Thank you so much, Glenn. Well, we appreciate Linda coming out to do some tips with us here on Horse Tip Daily. Don't forget, you can drop me an email at Glenn with two N's, uh, horseradionetwork.com. If you know some people that you would love to have on the show or some tips that you would like to hear about, just drop me an email. I'd like to hear, I'd like to hear from you. It's always good. We love a listener email here at the Horse Radio Network. And don't forget, you can subscribe to the show through iTunes or Zoom, or you can download it through the Hallway Feeds application on your iPhone. That's H-A-L-L-W-A-Y, Hallway Feeds. Just search that in the App Store, and you'll find that we're the one of the first listings, and they have a terrific application with all different kinds of equestrian news that they highlight there on their iPhone app. And don't forget to check out all the other great shows on the network at horseradionetwork.com. I'll be back again tomorrow with another new expert and a different horse tip. Until then, stay safe, everyone.